0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for everyday living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Dao De Jing. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Dao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Dao in your own, unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Dao you can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao De Jing. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day, by listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 80 Accessing the Utopia Within Let there be small communities with few inhabitants. The supply of vessels may be more than enough, yet no one would use them. The inhabitants would love living there so dearly that they would never wish to move to another place. They may have every kind of vehicle, but they would not bother to ride them. They may have powerful weapons but they would not resort to using them they would return to a simple system of cords and knots to record their simple events as was done in ancient times they would be content with plain food pleased with simple clothing satisfied with rustic but cozy homes and would cling to their natural way of life the neighboring country would be so close at hand that one could hear its roosters crowing and its dogs barking along the boundaries. But, to the end of their days, people would rarely trespass the territory of another's life. That's verse 80 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Hua Ni. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about utopia at scale, and part two talks about utopia in our lives. So rather than break them down into parts by paragraph, as I did in some episodes, I'd like to talk about different aspects of this verse. And so... I should have said, really, aspect one, utopia at scale, and aspect two, utopia in our lives. So when we're talking about utopia at scale, there are some principles that Lao Tzu mentions. He says, there's abundance, there's harmony in the community, there's the ability to travel and defend, but no need for either of those things, simplicity and knowledge management, and elaborate but comfortable lifestyles, and peace with the neighbors. Okay, so that sounds awesome, right? One of my mentors used to say, well, that's got a good beat and it's easy to dance to, but is it really a song? (laughs) Meaning, oh, wow, that is great and that is awesome, but, you know, okay, let's be realistic here and really ask ourselves, okay, are we just fantasizing here? Well, Lao Tzu seems to say that no, we're not fantasizing because they're, was a time when this was the case now what i would like to submit for consideration is that this utopia actually does already exist in our lives now it may not look the way we think it should but it's already there and here's what i mean when i practice these things myself they have a way of coming back to me through other people Do you remember in the last episode we talked about this reflective property of the Tao. I put something out from me, it goes out there, but then it actually comes back to me. In one of his books, watching Ni says that physically I am the doer, but spiritually I am the receiver. Anytime I do something, whether it's selfishly motivated or selflessly motivated. So this idea of reflection is what I'm kind of thinking about in terms of interpreting this verse and for me it is kind of saying well dan if you practice abundance in your life if you practice harmony if you practice contentment and you practice wisdom not knowledge if you're content with what you have and you are peaceful with other people and you honor them then that actually comes back to me and so in a very real way, I do experience utopia with the people in my life. Now, it's not something that I can collect evidence of and put in a history book, but it's still something that I actually experience as my reality, which I feel is actually a little more relevant than what's in a history book. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's aspect number one is utopia at scale. Now, aspect number two is, is what I'd like to talk about in terms of utopia in our lives. And it's this realization that those things that we just talked about, the abundance, the contentment, the compassion, all those things actually have always been within me at my core, simply because I am connected with Tao. And when I think about that for a moment, I realize that that utopia has actually always been there. It's my judgments, it's my ego, it's my selfish desires that have kind of covered that up. And so the sense of not having utopia comes from all that stuff that I actually put on that original utopia, my inner nature, my original nature. And so I feel with this verse, what Lao Tzu is doing is he's saying, okay, well, yeah, on the the community level, we could do this. If we all did Tao, we could do this. But in the meantime, what we can do is we can bring Tao into our lives simply by realizing and practicing uncovering that which has always been there, our true, original Tao natures. So, let's go ahead and wrap that up. Let's remember that verse 80 has two aspects that we could talk about. Aspect 1 would be utopia at scale, and aspect 2 would be utopia in our lives. So, let's put that back together. I'll read verse 80 again. Let there be small communities with few inhabitants. The supply of vessels may be more than enough, yet no one would use them. The inhabitants would love living there so dearly that they would never wish to move to another place. They may have every kind of vehicle, but they would not bother to ride them. They may have powerful weapons, but they would not resort to using them. They would return to a simple system of cords and knots to record their simple events, as was done in ancient times. They would be content with plain food, pleased with simple clothing, satisfied with rustic but cozy homes, and would cling to their natural way of life. The neighboring country would be so close at hand that one could hear its roosters crowing and its dogs barking along the boundaries. But, to the end of their days, people would rarely trespass the territory of another's life. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering accessing the utopia within there are two number one is utopia on the surface and number two is the already existing utopia within utopia on the surface my experience with this verse has been Unexpectedly beautiful, and just when I thought we were pretty much wrapped up with things, and there would probably be a restatement of stuff, Lao Tzu puts forth more. In this verse, he outlines utopia, abundance, harmony in the community, ability to travel and defend, but no need for either of those things. Simplicity in knowledge management, in elaborate but comfortable lifestyles and peace with the neighbors. So as I'm reading it and reflecting, knowing everything that I've learned and practiced so far, I can see that the utopia is actually possible. I mean, not because I'm running things and in charge of these little communities, but because I can have a profound yet subtle impact on those around me if I keep practicing being a student of the DAO. I'd encourage you to consider doing an experiment. See what happens when you go out of your way on a consistent basis, like a month or two, to give unquestioningly whatever you have to people when they need it within one of your groups. You know, like family, work, or friends. Well, there have been two times when I've witnessed this magic, and I didn't know what it was at the time, but I knew things were different. I'll tell you about one of them. In one of my trainings in the Army, I was in what we would call a squad, about eight of us in a small group. Now, we were to train, eat, and sleep together for about 35 days. Now, some of my comrades would have forgotten an item or two, and me, I would just offer what I had blindly, just to help them out. Now, someone might say that that was a little dumb of me. You know, like, I should have given of my overflow, not my cup, right? (laughs) But naive as I was, I did it. I did that for a week or two, and I noticed that the others in my squad started doing the same. And soon, we were a functioning little family unit, and we looked out for each other and our needs. It became normal. Sometime later, maybe about three weeks, one of our cadre remarked that there wasn't any infighting in our group like the other squads. And they wondered what it was. (laughs) At that moment, I knew. And it wasn't like I could have said anything about it. There was no way I could have said that I was the cause in the beginning. It was just one of those subtle things that folks weren't even paying attention to, to include myself. But I knew it when they said it. The army was a great place to practice selfless service for me. As a civilian, I find that it's a little more challenging, but only because it's a much bigger social environment than the army was, and there's lots to navigate. As I'm considering that experience with that group and reading this verse today, I'm thinking about at least observing how my journey with the Tao has affected my relationships since I started. At home, I have enjoyed a deeper connection with my spouse as I grow with her and we share spiritual insights. At work, I have opened up to more ways to be of service and interesting opportunities have presented themselves. And with friends, I have practiced humility and I've met some people that have had profound impacts on my life and statistically, it seems pretty much impossible that that would have occurred had I gone out searching for them in a deliberate manner. So is utopia possible? In the way that Lao Tzu writes about it, perhaps. If everybody does the Tao or Tao-like things, then there's a good shot. But utopia is possible for sure within my own life. All I have to do is to patiently keep practicing. I'll find that despite others, (laughs) my life will start taking those qualities on. The Already Existing Utopia Within Clicking my heels together three times, I say, There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like Tao. My ruby red slippers take me to a place deep within me. A place that has always been there. My source. The source that is always there. Always waiting. Always available when I recognize it. Need it. Draw on it. That place is here and now. At my very atomic... And even subatomic level it exists as physical space it exists as physical no space I am this place I am Tao the utopia within is intact and always has been at the surface it seems like a bunch of nothing And we would be correct in observing it that way. Allowing it to take some form, using our corporeal interpretations, we see that there are notions of energy, of being, of something there. And we are also correct in interpreting these things. Pushing further into what these things are and more relevant now, what they mean when placed against a human context, they begin to take shape as feelings about what they mean. Feelings of ugliness, of beauty, of here, of there, of good, of bad, of fear, of love. These things. These feelings seem like phantoms that come from the abyss, and yet they are so real when we experience them, and in experiencing them, we are also correctly interpreting the Tao. We find ourselves seeing objects, touching them, feeling them with our bodies, smelling them, tasting them. And we are processing, always processing, what those things are and what our relationships are to them and what they mean and how they make us feel. And rarely do I personally stop to consider that they are in a seemingly physical form, but without my senses they would just be different configurations of matter, which is really just a suggested form that is more defined by the atomic space around it, which is kind of really just a suggestion of the form slash unformed there, but not their wave form. That is the possibility of the existence or non existence of what we call stuff. <laughs> no matter where we are, when we are, what we are, what we think about ourselves, what we don't think about ourselves, how we feel about whatever, we simply are, and we are not. In corporeal form, we have the opportunity to experience utopia if everybody gets along. But gets along according to what standard? Some imagined ideal that Lao Tzu outlines in the verse? Perhaps we can also be talking about that ideal to which I aspire as a student of the Tao perhaps he means that the ideal is actually already here we have but to interpret those waveforms that make them matter that create the forms to which we eventually attach thoughts and feelings perhaps if only for a second i can realize that the utopia is here and it is now it is within me it has always been within me from the moment of my birth till now That utopia has been here with me and for me it's only that with my desires my misinterpretations of reality based on myself's point of view based on this false feeling of aloneness that I have covered that utopia with things I have allowed my ego to create doing what I considered the best I could at the time while I was allowing my ego to create more coverings for my utopia I allowed myself to get further and further from the truth, and at some point, became sick. A little while longer, and I became sick of the sickness, then decided that I had lost sight of utopia and even forgot about it. And then, out of desperation, I automatically reconnected with that unformed, formed part of me that is always known the way back home— And though it was a tiny point on the horizon, it showed me the direction in which I needed to walk along that path, that wide, unfailing path, to get back to source. And along the way, I was tempted to take a few side paths, and indeed, I did stop to enjoy a little diversion now and then. But that sickness returned, and I knew that the only way I could keep it gone, because, you know, I was sick of that sickness, was to keep moving forward along the path toward the light. There are times when darkness falls and I can't quite see the path, so sometimes I rest along it, allowing the light to return so I can see again. I meet travelers along this path, and while they tell me what I already know, That there is more path ahead. We share experiences about what the path has been like. And at the end of each conversation, we pick up our own loads and continue to walk our own journeys. Along the way, I find that I discard those ego-created things. Things like desires to experience validation, desires to be right, desires to possess, desires to keep and to hoard. And I leave them on the side of the road. Nature recycles those for me. I don't have to worry about them. And my load gets lighter and lighter. And as it does, I experience this sensation of being able to access my original nature again. So that walking the path is something I've always been doing. Walking the path is a thing that I do as a human. Walking the path is the very thing that leads me to a connection with that once pinprick, now a beacon of light, that continues to grow brighter after each night I move toward it. And somewhere, somehow, along the way, as I continue to walk, I begin to experience that utopia within, that sense of abundance, that sense of harmony within myself, That sense of my ability to continue traveling on the path. The sense of being able to protect myself from things along the path. But realizing there's really no need for that. The sense that things really are simple and that while thinking and considering and dissecting are fun, they're not to be taken too seriously, just mostly laughed at. And the sense that I'm comfortable in my own shoes because... They're not fancy, but not ugly, but pretty functional, and I have peace with my fellow travelers. And those shoes? Well, I look down and see their beautiful little vessels that carry me on my journey. They're red, and they're comfortable. They're my ruby red slippers, the ones I've had on the whole time, the ones that All I need to do to return to source is to click them together three times and know that there's no place like Tao, no place like home. Thank you for allowing me to share my journey with Tao with you today. To wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering accessing the utopia within, I thought about two things. One, utopia on the surface, and two, the already existing utopia within. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of accessing the utopia within in this verse today. I'd like us to pause and consider how we are already experiencing utopia within ourselves. So let's get comfortable and settle in for a quiet conversation with Tao. Let's ask Tao to show us something new today. Thank you. Just quieting my mind as best I can, I'll begin by running my thoughts over my home life, And my work life. And my friend life. And now, my inner life. My connection with Tao. At home, where is the abundance? Of course, there may be areas where we don't feel we have abundance, but let's just concentrate on where we're experiencing it right now, where is that abundance? Where is that abundance at work? With friends. And in my life with Tao, where is that abundance? Let's look at harmony with others now. Where is the harmony at home? Harmony at work. The harmony with friends. Despite differences, where are the things where we are the same? And how have we experienced connection and harmony with Tao? In our lives. Now let's ask where we are content at home. Which areas are perfect just the way they are? What's perfect about work? What's perfect with friends? And? Looking inside now, what's perfect there, needing no improvement, just being the way it is in the moment? At home, where does simplicity, both intellectual and material simplicity, make things better? How about at work? And with friends. And finally, within ourselves, aren't things the most chill when our thoughts are simple? And finally, let's consider peace within our relationships. Could we allow others the right to be who they are at home? Could we allow others the right to be who they are at work? And our friends, can we allow them to be who they are? What about ourselves? Could we, for just a moment, allow ourselves to be who we are? If I sit with this for a little while... I discover that the utopia Lao Tzu talks about is already here and is already within me. (laughs) Of course, thoughts of what if and what about arrive on the heels of my perspective, and (laughs) that's okay. Those are just thoughts I don't always need to take seriously. I already have my utopia, and that is all I really need to know. As I concentrate more on that, The doubts and the fears gradually slip away, like the way that ice melts. They diminish with time. So that'll wrap up our exercise today. Thank you for considering accessing the utopia within with me. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 80 of the Dao Te Jing, translated by Hua Ni. Let there be small communities with few inhabitants. The supply of vessels may be more than enough, yet no one would use them. The inhabitants would love living there so dearly that they would never wish to move to another place. They may have every kind of vehicle, but they would not bother to ride them. They may have powerful weapons. But they would not resort to using them they would return to a simple system of cords and knots to record their simple events as was done in ancient times they would be content with plain food pleased with simple clothing satisfied with rustic but cozy homes and would cling to their natural way of life the neighboring country would be so close at hand that one could hear its roosters crowing and its dogs barking along the boundaries But to the end of their days, people would rarely trespass the territory of another's life. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you, as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash R slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.